Hey everybody, Austin and Rachel Holt here and welcome back to the Conscious Christian Marriage Podcast. I believe today is episode four and uh, we're really excited to just be here in the studio having a conversation and uh, to hang with you guys as well. And so, um, yeah, today's episode is going to be a little bit different. We're actually just going to be answering some questions here in a few minutes mm-hmm. that have been submitted by various people for various things. Actually, really common questions we get asked yeah. all the time. So we're excited to cover those. But before we get into those, we're going to kick off our episode like we've done with all of our other episodes and just share some appreciations for each other. This is just a little peek into our world of, uh, of radical appreciation and things that we start off actually every live training we do with other couples and, and when we go teach places, we just always start with appreciations because we believe it's one of those God-given superpowers we have. So Rachel, I know you wanted to uh, share your appreciation first, so go ahead. I'm really appreciating your eyes in this moment. Ooh. They match your shirt or your shirt is bringing mm. at, out the natural handsome Thank you. This I was feeling a little um, like uh, lazy, extra lazy today. So I was actually just self-conscious about it. Yeah, I was. Actually, I was like, man, my left eye is like not opening all the way. And you compliment my eyes. So thank you. Yeah, they look great. Yeah, my eye makes this weird sound. I don't know if you can oh, hear this. Babe. Oh, babe. Hold on. I didn't do a good one. <laughs> I can't believe yeah. you just did Well, that. people need to know. It's just kind of a thing. <laughs> it's it like... just, that, that wasn't even a good one, though. Sometimes it really. Oh, my gosh. No, I can't get to do it, but yeah. Those of you with one lazy eye, I see you. I love you. But thank you for appreciating my eyes. Um, you see them? Yes. Oh, oh okay. I see them? Dang it. I didn't even hear the pun in that. Thank you. Okay, oh my so my gosh. appreciation for you is um, I really appreciate that you have been emailing our oldest mm. daughter just words of appreciation. And I appreciate that you are emailing it to her because I know you say it to her as well. But, like, you know, she's, like, really into her email right now. Mm-hmm. and uh, So grown up. Yeah, she is so grown up. And so I know that she feels, like, extra, you know, appreciated and affirmed because you're, like, emailing it to her, you know. And so yeah. and she gets to, like, email you back. So I just yeah. really appreciate that. It's, like, a little detail thing that I know that, like, takes a little bit of time every day and just means a lot to me. So Thank you. I appreciate your I heart for her. That. And, yeah. Yeah, she – I'm having a lot of fun with it. And I always think about – what my children will have when I'm gone mm. and her having emails, like a, a really cool track record. I mean, cause she's only, she's nine for those listening. So she's only just now gotten emails, but it's something that I know she can look back on forever mm-hmm. if, you know, God forbid something happened, but I do also have journals to each of my kids, but it is way easier <laughs> to, to shoot just a quick shoot email. her an email. Yeah. Um, and that gives me the idea I could start email addresses for the other kids. But anyway, the journals will have, do for now. I already have them. Yeah. Oh. Just so their names are saved. Yeah, I have Gmails maybe for all you, of them. Maybe I knew that. Yeah, maybe. Oh, this but is funny. speaking of um, things that people have after they're gone, um, mm-hmm. I was thinking about getting a wax replica of me made. Mm-hmm. Like my exact height, weight, all dimensions, yes. you know, just a wax, <laughs> like just figurine of me that you could like cuddle with or just mm-hmm. keep forever. So it was like flexible wax? Yeah, it's flexible. Like I could really cuddle? Yeah, like, you could cuddle it. Yeah. Oh, wow. I was thinking of getting one made. They're like seven grand. If you're cool with that, I'm going to get one made. <laughs> so are you clothed or not it, in this model? Um, it can. It, that, that's also flexible. So, um, yeah. So anyways, uh, well, 
good appreciations. So, okay, so let's move on to uh, the, the topic for today. So we've got three questions that we're gonna be answering, like we said a second ago. Um, so we're gonna go through two of those questions and we're gonna do our nonprofit shout out and we'll do the third question and we'll wrap up. So um, yeah. today's just gonna be a little bit more casual and just kind of go through some fun yeah. questions. So, so first question that uh, we have to answer today and we get this question asked all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, how do you two do it all? Okay. And another variation of this question we get asked pretty frequently is like, just how do you guys do everything that you're doing? Mm-hmm. We, you know, we do this company together. We have some other companies. This is our main focus and our priority. Um, we've both been entrepreneurs our whole relationship. We have four children, ages nine, seven, four, and two and a half. And we're very involved in our church. We homeschool our children. Uh, we live on a farm. A mini farmstead, I would say. Um, there are a lot of things on our plate, many more that I haven't mentioned. We care about family, um, you know, all of those things. So when people ask us, I mean, a lot of people maybe want to take the step to homeschool and they're like, I don't even know how to do it. Or yeah. they want to start a business together as a company and they, or I'm sorry, as, as a, a couple. couple. And that seems so daunting and overwhelming to them because they don't know how to manage it. And so, one, we've grown our capacity over time. Yeah. So it's like if someone threw four kids at me all of a sudden from being a mom yeah. of zero to four, it would be drowning for a while. It would yeah. be really hard for a while till I figured it out. But God has given us four kids, at least for us. <laughs> we love you, Rebecca Isham. She had four at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes. And we got to watch that and how she managed. And it literally took a Well, we weren't like there. Yeah, we weren't. In her We've living just been, room. there have been yes. friends of ours and they had quadruplets and it was amazing. It was yeah. amazing and yeah. kudos And to we them. have friends with like, like 11 daughters. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So we know but people God, some kids, but yeah, God divinely, just like in, when you have kids, I feel like God really divinely like equips you with like the capacity, the mm-hmm. ability, the mental, emotional patience and space to have like yeah. a kid and then a second and then third and fourth, fifth, sixth. Yeah. I think with, I think God has done that for us with like as we've added other things to our plate, you mm-hmm. know, along with our partnership with God and how we've like ramped yeah. up to that. But So I always like encouraging moms who have fewer kids than I do or like one kid. I remember when I first became a mom and one of my mom friends who had like four kids at the time came over and made a meal and did my laundry and told me to take a nap. And she brought her six month old with her. And I was like, how, oh, that was Rachel how is she doing yeah. this? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I felt so blessed by it and I didn't understand. Well, now I understand God grows your capacity. You know, yeah. that first one is a big learning curve going from zero to one. But um, with all of our businesses and everything, God has grown our capacity as we've gone. Yeah. Um, so that's one thing. Just know um, that you don't have to throw yourself in all at once. Yeah. I think in the context of the question, like what came to my mind too, was like just I think when people look at our business the kids, homeschooling, the homestead, uh, and like how involved we are at church. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's like when people are like, wow, like how do you do it? And really, yeah. um, you might think that we're really, really busy, but we're actually not. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just really, really intentional. And we mm-hmm. have like really tight filters as to what we let through, even through on our phones, through our emails, through texts, through everything. Yeah. And so um, we'll, we'll get to some of those logistics here in a second. But I think ultimately it comes down to we take good care of ourselves. We get yeah. good sleep. We do red light therapy. We eat well. Uh, we drink mm-hmm. well. Um, we take good supplements. We eat good, wholesome food. Um, 
and uh, we don't put ourselves through unnecessary stress. We don't create bad agreements. We don't have high drama relationships. Like, I think we take really good care, like just kind of going back to like heart, soul, mind, strength. Mm -hmm. um, we really do nurture those four dimensions of who we are. And we're, I think we're really intentional around that. And that helps a lot because it's like, even yeah. like last night, you were like, oh my gosh, I'm not going to get eight hours of sleep. And I was like, honey, you're like, I'm only going to get seven hours and 45 minutes of sleep. I was like, Rachel, you're going to be fine. You know, but like, but really like, you know, you thinking, you having such a high um, bar for like the amount of sleep that you feel like you should have is important. Mm -hmm. Like, like you're setting that. Uh, rule for yourself like I'm gonna get eight hours of sleep because I know especially for a, as a female that that sleep is really really gonna play mm -hmm. into your day and so yeah um so yeah a couple couple just logistical answers yeah we take really good care of ourselves that's like an unapologetic yeah. priority it's really really high uh, even the money we allocate for our health is really high like yeah you know even just again supplements food quality but like we don't eat out a lot we don't eat junk mm -hmm. um and uh we, we we don't do dairy we don't do gluten we don't do sugar you know like we're we just we have a really tight regimen um another thing would be every monday uh, we have a business meeting okay it's in our calendars from mondays at 10 o'clock says holt business meeting right there where we sit down and we plan the entire week. We sync up our mm -hmm. calendars, we sync up our priorities, our to-do lists, everything. Like we sit down and have a business meeting and it's very business. You know, it's like boom, yeah. boom, 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 yeah. boom, boom, boom. Uh, and then this is like maybe a different episode or maybe we'll answer this question too, but we also have the inverse of that, which is like unapologetic, you know, time sure. at home, yeah. you know, where we're not doing work so that we can have unapologetic time here when we're working. Mm -hmm. um, Another thing we do is our quarterly scheduling sessions. Mm -hmm. So like every quarter we get together and we just remap our whole life. Okay. And, and it may not change a lot from quarter to quarter, but sometimes it does. We look at like what babysitters we have, what nannies we have, like what the homeschool academy schedules like, what our work schedules like, what our church commitments look like. And we sit down and just remap it out because I have found that I, we probably modulate 20% every quarter. Mm -hmm. Like a schedule that you put in place is not going to last all year long. Yeah. It, it might, I guess, like for the, maybe for the, a couple that doesn't have a lot going on, that would probably work. Yeah. But if you've got kids, if you homeschool, if you run a business, yeah. if you're- Seasonal commitments. Yeah, yeah. seasonal commitments too. Yeah, yeah. Like if the kids are in a sport or in an art or a, an instrument or something, mm -hmm. that will cause that to change. But every quarter we sit down and we do a really great planning session which I think is really cool. Actually, we have an entire training on that that, that um, our members use um, where we've got like a calendar and it's got questions and how to fill it out. And it's all based mm -hmm. on our values and our highest priorities too. That's another big thing is that um, yeah. we have like an order of um, our values and our priorities. And if something tries to get into our calendar or into our world that doesn't honor those top you know, five to seven things, we just don't do it. doesn't mean it's not a cool thing. We just yeah. don't do it. Our priorities are our personal relationship with God. Yeah our marriage, our kids, everything else. Yeah. And so that's one thing I was going to say is fostering. So yes, focusing on our health, but our whole health. So not just physical health, it's heart, soul, mind, strength. So in the mornings when we do all those things, yeah. you know, when we're uh, doing affirmations in the morning, which very much involves God, it's even what God speaks over us. Yep. When we're doing the red light therapy, when we're getting our sleep and then getting yeah. up and spending time with God's word, those yeah. are essentials for me. That's why I go to bed at the time I go to bed so that I can make sure I get that yeah. because there's a difference. There's a difference for how much I can handle, uh, how, how well yeah. I can function, how great of a mom I am, how well I show up for my family, for my kids, for my ministries, for my work. All of it really bases 
goes back to when I went to bed, when I was able yeah. to get up that morning. and H- How what, you set yourself up for success. Yeah. The day. How I fostered every aspect, heart, soul, mind, strength in the morning. Yeah. So mornings are really crucial for us. Yeah. Um, yeah. That could have been a whole item here. Just mornings alone. Yeah. Um, n- another agreement that we have that really helps with us being able to handle everything that we do is we don't speak for each other. It's just mm-hmm. an agreement we have. You know, there's times where someone, a couple might be like, hey, l- let's let's all go out to dinner. And I might say, yeah, I would love to do that. I can't speak for Rachel, even though my guess might be, yes, you would like to. Mm-hmm. Um, but we just don't make commitments for each other unless we're both present and we both agree to it, which mm-hmm. is really, really important. Because sometimes I might be like, yeah, let's... Because like, I think if I could have my way, we'd go out to like lunch or dinner with a different couple like every day, you know, but like then, but you would be like, well, hey, like we also have these things on our, our plate, on mm-hmm. our schedule, and we need to make sure we like balance all that properly. And so, um, yeah, not speaking for each other, I think is really important. Another one is just really clear roles. Like we have really clear, yeah. like defined roles in our personal life and in the business. Who does what? Uh, like, for example, like events, when churches have us come out and speak for events, 99% of the time, Rachel does those calls and she does the coordinating for that, like 99% of the time. But when it comes to creating contracts, documents, scope of works, proposals, whatever, I do all that, you know? And so <laughs> we just have like like areas of the business we know each of us thrive at. And so we just stay in those lanes and it, then we're not redoing work a lot. Yeah. And that also translates to home. Like we have agreements around like what I do around the house and what you do around the house. Like mm-hmm. what I do with the kids, what you do with the kids, you know? And like even... Um, yeah. Grocery, meal planning, yeah, grocery, all, that. all that stuff we have like just segmented out. And yeah. that might seem like really structured, but it is. It's like we mm-hmm. run our marriage, our household and everything like a business. Um, so then there's no guessing. There's no like ambiguity around commitments. And like yeah. we know what we're doing, when we're doing it, what we're doing it for, why it matters to us. And once you flush all that out, everything becomes really clear. And actually yeah. what we love and prioritize becomes really clear and really fruitful yeah. And then the stuff that we maybe thought we wanted, but actually really don't becomes really clear too. Yeah. You know. And when we have unapologetic structured scheduled work time or things blocked out, yeah. it allows for more free time. And when we rest, it's actual rest. Yeah. I do this on all my wives' calls. I say, there's a shelf, put everything that's on your mental plate, yeah. everything that you have to do after this call or that you had going on before this call and put it up on the shelf. Yeah. It'll be there for you when you come back at the end of the call. Yeah. And so that's how it is for us when we're resting, when we're present with our kids. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a huge thing for me, being able to segment mom, homeschool, teacher yeah. mom, yeah. homemaking mom mm-hmm. and work. Yeah. You know, I'm a mom while I work, but yeah. being at work without them is being able to just put things on the shelf. That's something I struggled with early on was. Yeah feeling the guilt of clients waiting on me or things needing to get needing quote unquote needing to get done while I was being a mom and allowing that to stress me out. So having those structured times, knowing I'm going to get this done, it's going to happen at this time. And so for me, it's having a planner and we run our lives by the Google calendar. Yes. Thank you. Google calendar. Um, you know, it it just, it kind of makes me think a lot about, um, you know, we've planned, we've done a lot of intentional planning so that we're not the typical entrepreneur story where we're on our phone 24 seven on email 24 Mm seven, you know, like typically, you know, three, four five o'clock and on every day, like we don't have to do any more work. And I remember one time I was thinking about some good friends of ours, uh, their name's Shelby and Steven. And, um, we're over at their house one time and we're talking with Shelby because Shelby used to work for us um, Mm -hmm. when we had our other company. And she's like, yeah, like I love my husband's job because like when he gets home at five o'clock, like he's home. 
mm-hmm. and then like he doesn't have to bring any work home. Mm-hmm. He's like, once he's home, he's done for the day. And I think at the time, like it almost bothered me because I was like, oh man, like that's so true. Like, yeah, we're entrepreneurs and we have all this freedom, but also like back then before we were like, we were yeah. kind of like untamed entrepreneurs, you know? <laughs> I don't know if that's where I would say that, like undisciplined yeah. entrepreneurs. Uh-huh. And now that we are like disciplined business owners, it's different because like we've now set things up to where like we can shut off our phones. Do that because we've set such great boundaries, which kind of goes into the next point, which is like, um, my, my, I love our bullet point here is like picking brain meetings slash pointless meetings. <laughs> um, this is a really big one because I think early on, like when we were just like maybe a little bit more like needing people to know how like, busy or important or things like our, we, we were, or like our work is like, it was easy to take meetings, you know, or Mm -hmm. like take calls, you know, like we, people would request like, Hey, I want to pick your brain. Hey, I want to have a meeting. Let's go get coffee. Let's go get lunch. Let's go do this. And I think one thing we've done that's really helped us prioritize what, what should get done the most, Mm -hmm. um, is by screening those requests. Like not taking pointless meetings, not taking, cause there's a lot of times where someone's like, Hey, I I just want to go, you know, chat. It's like, so we'll, we'll, we'll find babysitters and set aside an hour or two and just go meet with someone. And there may not be any point to the meeting. And mm-hmm. we make time for relationships like yeah. I, all the time. Um, but like we, we try to really sanctify like time for the relationships that are like in our river, like in our world that like God's really calling us to, to nurture or to minister to or to collaborate with. Mm-hmm. But one thing we've done is started to really screen um, meetings, calls, Zoom calls, and, uh, and ask the question, like, what would you like to discuss? What's the agenda for our time together? Like, what would be the highest and best use for this time? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you want to accomplish during this meeting? And if someone's like, oh, I have no idea, you know, and it, it, uh, one more quick story this brings me back to um, one time when I was going to meet with the pastor of a really, really big church. And I, I don't, I don't want to say his name without his permission, but um, we we're going to meet because we were running a ministry at the time. And anyways, and so I was like, hey, I'd love to get together and just like chat because I just wanted to like be in this guy's like proximity, you know, and, mm-hmm. and he emailed me back and he's like, hey, I'd love to get together too. What would you like to accomplish in our time together? Mm-hmm. And at first I was taken back, you know, like, oh, you wouldn't want to just meet to meet, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and back then I, I just didn't realize I'm like, well, he's got back to back meetings all day, every day. And he's got a family he wants to go home and yeah. see. And it took a few years of me growing up in the business world to really appreciate that. Mm-hmm. So that's another way that we do it all, like, and by all, our all. We do our yes. all because, like, we have, like, uh, we have filters for mm-hmm. what may not actually be the best use of our time mm-hmm. and to make sure that whatever we're going to do, like, we're doing it with excellence and we're doing it with an intentionality and with focus. So, yeah. Yeah. Any that's- thoughts on that? Yeah, just filtering friendships or I would say investing in really intentional friendships Yeah, because it can be so easy in this day and age of social media and so many yes. avenues to be able to stay in touch with people and people that are great people yeah. that you love, that you care about. But when you think to how God designed us to function, yeah. how he designed our brain in as it relates to people to function, we cannot. We can't manage. We physically, like yeah. mentally cannot manage overloads of friends yeah and we would say one to three super close friends yeah and then you know the bubble goes out from there but um i know you have great stats on that but well yeah i was just thinking about the training we did a few months ago on this very topic um you know which was basically that uh, you can't really manage well over 30 relationships total total like physiologically your brain overloads Mm -hmm. i think and psychologically um when you've got more than like 30 relationships you're really trying to like manage up here 
And like you said, the study found that we can really only have like one to three like hyper close relationships and then like 10, 12, 13, which is kind of funny thinking like Jesus and the 12 mm-hmm. um, relationships that like can be really high quality. Yeah. And it's not a service to the people that are in your closest circle to just kind of be like quarter friends with like 100 people. And like you said, like with mm-hmm. social media, it is easy to like, it's tempting. It's at least tempting for me, like mm-hmm. as a social person, like I want to be friends with everybody, mm-hmm. you know? And so like, I think about like, I, I again, I don't want to, I don't want to do a disservice to the people that like God has called us to be in close community with. And so all this yeah. to say, like, if you want to add some time and bandwidth back in your heart and in your life and add quality, you got to ask yourself like, am I nurturing a hundred friendships this much? Mm-hmm. And are they even going anywhere? Like, are they fruitful? Like, do they multiply anything in your life? If they don't, I would say you might try to focus on like 10 or 15 relationships and that are people more in your river. Like we have friends yeah. all over the world, but like it wouldn't necessarily benefit them or us if we were on the phone every night talking. Mm-hmm. You know, it might, and if it does, great. You yeah. Know? But like, if you're really on mission, you really got to think about like every friendship that I invest in, okay, every person that I invest in, like that's like, there's kind of this like emotional bank you know, mm-hmm. that you're giving and taking from up here. And so like, if someone asked me the question, like, how do we do it all? How do, how do we balance it all? Mm-hmm. Part of my answer is we've become really intentional with what relationships we focus on yeah. and set aside time for, because you can't have breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or coffee, or a Zoom call, or a catch-up phone call, or a 30-minute text-a-thon with <laughs> 50 people a day. You just can't do it. And if you do, you'll get nothing done. Yes, that's true. And I'd say on the other side of that, how we are able to accomplish what we're able to accomplish is through having a great team, having yeah. other people around us, incredible yep. friends that are supporting us, but also, which a lot of these friends are on our staff because we're so aligned. Yeah, that's <laughs> but, true. Yeah, um, Having really great friends and having a team. So I know this podcast is more marriage focused, but a lot of entrepreneurs like to listen. Yeah. So um, it applies to both in business, having an incredible team. You and I can't actually physically do it all. Oh, yeah, we cannot yeah. in our business. So yeah. that's a topic for another day. But having incredible friendships, you cannot go at it alone. So both Austin and I on the Jordan Peterson personality test, we both scored. So go look it up. Yeah, it's a great you test. Know, pause, go, go check it out, write it down, come back. Um, but it's a great test. And you can pair your couple's. Yeah. You know, results together, which is fun. But um, both of ours are 98 and 99 on extrovertism. Yeah. So if we're in a room with 100 people, we would be like the 99th most. (laughs) We would be second to the most enthusiastic person. Did I say extrovertism? Mm -hmm. In both of those. Yeah. So we would literally be him and I together. If we were in a room with 100 other people, him and I would probably be the top two. <laughs> like yeah. extrovert and so it's very enthusiastic. Tempting. It's very tempting to always yeah. want to be buddies with everyone yeah. everywhere all the time. So I'm saying that because that's our thing. We've had to pull back, but we have great friends. And, yeah. But you might be someone who's maybe tempted to be more introvert. And you don't actually, you haven't set yourself up for having great friends and a great support system. And you haven't put yourself you know, out there or loved yourself enough to be vulnerable enough to have incredible friendships. But let yeah. me tell you, God designed us to do life in community. He designed us to love each other, to be with each other, to cover each other in prayer and encouragement. And he designed us for that connection. And so if you don't have that, you can't get, if you want to continue growing and go yeah. to the next level, you need high level friends uh, yeah. su- supporting Quality you, surrounding people. you that help you grow. Yeah. You can't learn outside of relationship. 
Yeah. Because relationship is relating to others. And if you don't relate to anyone, then there's no contrast to yourself. So you can't grow. So, yeah. And just making sure I note this too, like focusing on friendships in our river. And by in our yes. river, we mean that are in our flow, like in our direction in life. You mm -hmm. know, like if, if, if I don't have any buddies anymore that are like, you know, like, <laughs> you know, my, my friends that are like, I don't know, aren't married, don't have kids and just, you know, uh, you know, wrench their cars, you know, night and day 24 seven and play Call of Duty and, and don't do anything, you know, like, and if you do all that, that's, that's fine. If that's aligns with your values, but like, <laughs> like all the relationships I think about that we really spend the most time with mm -hmm. are generally all people that are like in our river. They're like in our flow in life. Mm -hmm. We go to church with them. I mean, generally pretty much everyone that we spend time with, we either go to church with, they're in our marriage program. Um, they're clients of ours. Um, they're direct family of ours uh, that we're in direct community with. Yeah, I can't think of we, a single person yeah. that we spend a lot of time with that's not in our river, that, that they're mm -hmm. not in our community. And I even think about like yeah. when Jesus talked about ministries, like love your neighbors, you love yourself. And sometimes people use that scripture as a way to like shame people into like different, you know, policy decisions, you know, like or, or agreeing with different like even, you know, political policy. But when Jesus said, love your neighbor, he was talking more, those near you, those elbow to elbow, mm -hmm. like the, the the guy, your neighbor across the street, you know, the, your neighbor in your cubicle at work, you know, like that's what, that's what Jesus meant. And so I really do believe that focusing on the, the relationships we can Im impact the most. It's like when people ask us like, what church do you go to? And we're like, oh, Summit Park and Lee Summit. But if they live 45 minutes away, I'm like, don't come to our church. I mean, if you right. want to, great, but find a church around the corner from your home. So yeah. you can be in community with those yeah. people. So you, so that when you're like, hey, let's go to the farmer's market, they'll know you're talking about the one at 15th and Main, not the one yeah. 45 minutes away, you know? <laughs> and so yeah, I think it's really important to focus on friendships in our river. Um, another big one is that um, we have weekly date nights. Mm -hmm. You know, again, like we schedule everything. Uh, we have priorities on everything. Uh, we detail out our weeks. We make sure that every week we have a date night, no matter what. It's unapologetic. Yeah, it's unapologetic. And thankfully, uh, we have family close by uh, that help watch our kids, which is amazing. Uh, and so, but nothing comes before that. Church mm -hmm. commitments, work commitments, yeah. anything. Um, we make sure we have a date night no matter what. Yeah. Because we know that when this ministry is doing well, all of our other ministries flow. And mm -hmm. we have really figured out that it only works in that order. Mm -hmm. And even when family's not available. Because I know a lot of people don't have family. Like we do, we pay for it. We make sure we do it. And we also go on trips. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and just having nights away. Honestly, like, did you already say this quarterly nights no. away? Um, making sure that we have that time, yeah. even just to sleep together uninterrupted, you know, focus on us. That's right. I, I, feel, I, I feel what you're putting down. I, yeah. I see. You. Um, yeah. And so but to kind of just sum it all up, you know, we've got these specific agreements. Um, we've got. Uh, vision for what we want our life to look like and uh, and then we just cut out the noise okay like yeah. you got to stop saying yes to everything and to everyone I guess that's a way to, to kind of sum it up like figure mm -hmm. what your values are figure out what your vision is for your marriage for your business for your life for God's calling on, on kind of your your whole universe um, and then say yes to what aligns with that and say no to everything else 
And if you're really willing to do that, you'll you'll see everything start to line mm-hmm. up in a, in a better way. And you'll, you'll just see more fruit. Pay attention to where the fruit comes from. That's another thing that's not even on this list is audit. Audit everything. That's something that wasn't even on this list is just the idea that you got to look at the fruit of everything you're producing. Mm-hmm. The fruit of what you're producing will tell you everything. Okay. The fruit's all that matters. Okay. You'll experience the result of your deepest commitments, period. Okay. If you're committed yeah. to drama, you'll get drama. If you're committed to success, you'll get success. If you're committed to happiness, you'll get happiness. And so... Look at what you're actually producing and know that your choices are making that thing. So if you're busy and out of control and stressed all the time, you don't have time, you don't have money, you don't have energy to do X, Y, and Z, it's because you're committed to not doing X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. And you got to go back and actually honestly audit what you do, what you say, what you think about, what you spend your money on to determine what you want to get out of your life. So our second question is kind of building on that first one, and we get this a lot, is how do you make working together successful? Like Austin, Rachel, how do you do it? How do you work together? Because I think a lot of couples experience, well, I know a lot of couples experience um, frustration in trying to work together or starting a business together and realizing there's a clash of the romance and the utility. And we already, every couple already experiences that just having a life together. There's there's things to manage, there's schedules, there's yeah. sometimes kids, there's work, whatever it is to even relay at the end of the day. Um, and still trying to have that, you know, connected, sexy time where there's romance and polarity. Yeah. And we can talk about the masculine and feminine some other time. But um, yeah, this is a big question that we get a lot is how do we make it work with working together specifically? Yeah, great question. Um, and what's interesting is I, I just kind of think about like, you know, we have worked our entire relationship together. <laughs> yeah. Even while we were dating, we were working together. When we were just friends. Yeah, even when we were just friends, we were, we, were, we were working together, you know, yeah. like, um, and then of course, when we were engaged, we owned a business together and then got married and we've, we've been uh, self-employed our entire relationship. Yeah. Uh, and so I think we've learned a lot of interesting things. I've learned a lot of ways to win and learned a lot of ways that don't work, you know? Yeah. Do you remember, babe, when we were just friends and I was working at Scooter Coffee House, you found out that I was a photographer and I didn't have an LLC. <laughs> this oh, is such yeah. a great mm-hmm. example of yeah. how I'm the creative. I have all these ideas and I just start doing them. And you're like, we've got to have a business plan and you need to make sure you're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I, do. I, I remember that conversation. And I was like, oh, well, I'm so glad you know what you're doing. And you helped me and we were still just friends. Yeah. I was like, this guy is so nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I never billed you for that, by also, the way. Also, I wanted to marry you. Yeah, but yeah. good. Well, um, so yeah, we've worked our entire relationship. Um, you know, similar to the first question, we have a lot of key agreements that really help this. Like number mm-hmm. one, um, like as a personal boundary, um, we don't have any uh, logistics or utility conversation um, after dinner prep and forward. So that's just an agreement we've had for a long time. When we start prepping dinner, like when I get my knife out to chop an onion or <laughs> I get the steak out of the fridge or whatever, we don't have any more utility talk, any more business talk because it's different parts of your brain, okay? Like the, the your, your left brain, your logic thinking, information gathering, processing, task, get it done mode side of your brain and the romantic side of your brain, okay? That more right side, you know, feeling brain, creative brain. Um, those two sides of the brain don't always work well together, okay? And if you've ever been in a car with someone while they're um, like, like a stick, driving a stick shift and they're a bad stick shift driver, uh, it's jarring, okay? Yeah. It's just back, forth, back, forth, and you get a headache and it hurts and you feel discombobulated and just like odd. That's what it's like in a lot of couples' experiences where all night long, 
they're switching back and forth from like, how's your day? How are you? To like, oh, wait, are you picking up the kids tomorrow? To like, oh, hey, like, I love you. Like, let's have sex. And it's like, oh, wait, uh, did you pay the water bill? Um, oh, my gosh. Like, you know, or, you know, and so or like, oh, did you sign us up to volunteer at church tomorrow? And so you're just you're you're switching back and forth so fast between romance, trying to get like interpersonal connection mm-hmm. to business mode. And so we've learned that if we cut that out and basically just say, hey, like, we can, we're fine with, you know, going through logistical kind of like our Holt ecosystem stuff up until a certain point. But then from that point on, it's mm-hmm. like just purely romantic. It's spiritual. It's connected. It's stuff with our kids. It's stuff on our farm. Um, that's helped us feel a lot more just connected and mm-hmm. just less of that like utility. You know, a lot of people say, come to us and they say, oh, we just feel like roommates. Yeah. You know, well, you probably feel like roommates because your whole relationship has been reduced to utility. Mm-hmm. And that's what roommates are. Roommates are just roommates so they can share bills, share a living space, share responsibility, um, save money. Okay. Like they're just roommates. Like they are there to keep a household running and that's it, mm-hmm. you know? And so um, that's a big one for us. Um, is the dinner prep and on, we're just focused on stuff that, you know, our hearts connecting together. Yeah. And two more would be clear roles in the business and being able to, we have agreements around the roles and being able to call each other out. And yeah, as we work together, it's really important to be able to say, <laughs> we learned this really early on, hey, that's not working. Do it like this. Or, or no, Rachel, do it like this, or mm-hmm. this is going to work better if we shift this, or, hey, you yeah. didn't get that. You need to get it timelier, you know, or whatever yeah. it is. And being okay with, you know, it's mostly me. I've grown the muscle <laughs> of being less sensitive. I'm the empath. I'm naturally more, well, I am. I'm very in tune with my emotions. So early on working in wedding photography, we learned this very quickly because I had started the business and then he came in. And so but he was the man of the house. Like he, you're the husband, right? So there's that role of authority, but I had started the business. So then figuring that out early on, we learned how to conflict resolute by working professionally together. Yeah. And so having, I don't want to say thick skin, but just an agreement of knowing like, Hey, we're going to make each other better. Yeah. We're the, the goal is not like, Hey, I'm going to you know, we look at it. It's not as critique. It's feedback. Yeah. Feedback's good. Feedback's yeah. help. Feedback helps us grow. Feedback helps us to do our best. Yeah. And so as we give each other feedback, we can, um, you know, make our businesses the best, make our marriage the best and not take it so personally. Yeah. Well, it's deciding what you want the most. You know, we like to say a lot like you can either be happy or right, mm-hmm. you know. And so, you know, when it comes down to, the, to you know, working together successfully, you have to define the vision for why you're even working together. Like, what's the point? You know, like mm-hmm. if it's just making money, you can do that separately. You know, if it's having a prestigious career, you can do that separately. If it's providing for your family, that's separately. Uh, you can do that separately. But if working together multiplies more, you know, if it's not Austin plus Rachel equals Austin Rachel, it's Austin plus Rachel equals multiplication. Mm-hmm. Like that's a big vision and that's worth it. Like that's worth all the adjusting and all the feedback and all the, the humility that has to go, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because working together generally uh, God will do more through that than if we're working apart, at least for our lives. And so, um, you have to decide what you want the most. Like if you just want to be right all the time, like that is a payoff. Okay. But like, if you want to be happy, that's a payoff. And so I know that if you're giving me feedback, um, the way that we both win is if we both win, you know? So like, if you give me feedback and we come to a place where I'm like, Oh, okay. Like that's great feedback. I'm going to shift what I'm doing. And we win more as a couple, then we're both happier. 
-hmm. you know, like we're both more aligned to our values and our vision for the business. And so, you know, wanting to be right is not a bad thing. Okay. Wanting to be right at the cost of things that are worth more to you, then you're out of alignment. And that's a problem. It's a problem if you want to win. Okay. Like, right. And so I think for us, what really helped working together become really successful was just deciding like, what do we want the most? What we want the most is that the kingdom of God would be moved through everything we do together, that we would create uh, success for our family, for our marriage, our kids, our legacy, uh, our kids' kids, you know. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so, um, and we want that more than being right in a moment. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because again, I'll probably say this on every episode, discipline is making choices based on what we want the most versus what we want in a moment. And sometimes in a moment, your your ego or a, a, a persona, an aspect of who you are says, no, 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 you need to be right here. Like mm-hmm. you can't love yourself if you're wrong. Mm-hmm. They won't respect you if you're wrong, you know. Or it means blank about you. Yeah, it means blank about me if I'm wrong. It's being able to say, you know what I want more than in this moment to be right is I just want to be happy. Mm-hmm. Like I want this business to grow. Like I want to be able to help other couples. I want to be able to help the kingdom of God. I want to be able to like, you know, continue to build our dream homestead, you know, and I can't do that if I'm right and broke, you know, like it's okay to be incorrect about something, um, especially when the upside is so much better than just being right. Especially if you want to be right when you know you're wrong. Yeah. That's like definitely not worth any payoff. You know, (laughs) everything has a cost and payoff. Okay. And so if the payoff is being right, but the, but the cost is the connection between us, Mm -hmm. not worth it. Or our ability to like provide for our family, not worth it. Our ability to impact the kingdom of God, not worth it. Mm -hmm. Okay. So um, that's a big piece. Um, and again, defining vision. Um, you got to know what you want to build before you build it. And I think that's one way that we've been really successful together, like in our businesses, is that we've been able to define what we want, who we're helping, why we want it, what mm-hmm. we're even what we're going to do with the money that we make through our businesses, mm-hmm. you know, uh, because like we've made more money than we've needed for a long time. But like God has called us to use that money for certain things and to build certain things that would that would be more legacy things for us. Yeah. And I'm convinced that most people don't trust themselves with money. That's why they don't make a lot of money. And so like um, if you think about like look at the parable of the talents, you know, look at how each one stewarded their money. You know, Um, if you don't know how you're going to steward what you're asking God for, he probably won't give it to you. Yeah. Okay. But if you know how you're going to steward it and it honors God, he's probably going to give it to you. Okay. Yeah. So um, I think that as we've defined vision and as we've defined like what we are going to do with how God blesses us, um, as we've done that more and more, I've seen just more success yeah. come like and and not just by clients or revenue mm-hmm. or anything like that, but just like the impact we've had together as a couple and just working together. Like I feel like working together has become easier just the more conversation we have about alignment mm-hmm. and about like being on the same page and the same team. You know, yeah. like if I have to give you feedback, it's like you know, back to our commitment statements, like I, I agree to receive, you know, criticism as feedback. You know, we like to say just feedback, feedback as is, feedback, yeah. <laughs> you know, but like where some people would be like, oh, you're being critical of me. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, if I didn't care about you, I wouldn't even give you feedback. Mm-hmm. Like if I did not care about you, I let you walk around with mustard on your face all day. Okay. But because I care about you, I'm willing to point it out, you know, right. and we've decided that, um, that's a necessary step in building what we want to build. Mm-hmm. So, and we're we're people that we teach personal growth, we teach reflection, we teach humility, we teach being willing mm-hmm. to look at yourself and make adjustments. And mm-hmm. we can't teach other people to do that if we're not doing that actively. Yeah, and along that is having vision. So having those goals, but when we can actually envision, like, okay, our life in five years, like I can close my eyes and I know what it looks like. Yeah. But then I'm able to reverse engineer that and say, okay, well, how do I get there? Okay, this, 
well, I don't do this. I do this. I do this differently. I have these people in my life. These are my rhythms. These are the things that I do because I have examples of other people that are there. Yeah, right. So just having vision as well, like for you and I, like you said, having vision, but then reverse engineering it into like monthly things, weekly things, daily things that we can be doing and being intentional. You know, know, the other two things or one other thing that really feeds into both of these questions that I just, the first two questions I just want to hit on too is we audit our input sources constantly. Yeah. You know, I know a lot of Christians, even business owners, even people that are maybe even in the marriage space that every time I talk to, it's like they've read seven more books, 15 more podcasts. <laughs> they're, they're watching sermons from a hundred other pastors and they're, they have so much input. They don't know where to go. Okay. And you can't climb a mountain if you try to use a thousand different routes up the mountain. You got to, you got to pick one or two because yeah. every time you change routes, you have to backtrack a little bit to change routes. You mm-hmm. know, I'm, I love rock climbing. Uh, and I feel like we are really diligent about what our, our sources of input are. Mm-hmm. You know, we only take input, input from people we want to be like. Yeah. Okay. We only take input from sources that we believe are in our path and our river, like where God wants yeah. us to be. And it's so easy to let the latest podcast video or TikTok video, which we don't, we're not on TikTok, but the latest whatever video completely sway your next decision, you know, and being tossed mm-hmm. by those waves. Yeah. And that's something that we don't do. That, that we believe like if you want to be successful, if you want to work together as a couple really well, you got to be really um, d- diligent and disciplined about mm-hmm. your sources of input into your life. Yeah. And that even goes into like what TV do you watch? What news do you listen yeah. to? If you listen to the news at all, um, are you scrolling on Facebook constantly? Yeah. All that. So because you, you don't have the bandwidth. We don't have the bandwidth to do everything we're doing uh-huh. personally and professionally and also just fill our head with yeah. a thousand people's opinions. Yeah. Especially people that we may not even want to be like. Yeah. And they, they have to be so aligned, which is interesting. I'm quoting somebody else on a podcast, Chad Beach. He said recently, you know, you almost have to have blinders on where it's like, I don't look at your stuff on Facebook. I'm not scrolling. Like this is my goal in life. This is my aim. And I'm, I don't need to see that other stuff because I, if I, it's a distraction. It's getting me off of like my prize, my goal that God has for me. So it's just like putting blinders on. It's not wrong. It's not yeah. you know, inconsiderate. It's the way that God's designed us to be to get to where we want to go. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so easy um, to, we, a lot of times we procrastinate. Okay. <laughs> Procrastinate is just not doing anything, putting it off. Procrastinate is to do a less important thing in lieu of doing a more important thing, but at least you feel like you got something <laughs> done. That's procrastination. And sometimes, you know, um, studying other people, Mm-hmm. It's just procrastination. It's keeping you from doing what God's calling you to do. You think that you're helping your goal, mm-hmm. okay, by doing that, but you're actually just putting off doing the work. You can feel I, productive. I know yeah. a lot of people that they they are knowledge masters. They've got libraries of knowledge, okay, libraries of theology, libraries of process, but they don't actually do anything. And I really believe that God calls us to be people of action. Mm-hmm. And so for us to be successful together. Um, we are inspired by people and we do take time to be inspired by people and we do take time to study and learn and grow. And we do that. And we've, we've done that for a long time. We also like, when I think about like my sales script, okay. Like that I use in sales, it's like when, when we're selling things, okay. It's the same four sentences I was taught like nine years ago. And I've always stuck to that. And it has helped us help a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And I've had a thousand people try to tell me about a way since. But it's like, we found a way that works. <laughs> you get hit with ads every day. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, we found a way that works. We found a process that works. Um, and we've just stuck to it. So. Yeah. Well, I'd like to take this time for our nonprofit shout out. 
godsaidgo.org. Take a moment to go to godsaidgo.org. Just go ahead and pause. Go ahead and pause yep. this. Godsaidgo.org. Mm-hmm. Okay. What should they do and, there? Uh, you'll get to read about Jeff and Esther McLaren. We love them. Yeah. Uh, you know how some people just make you feel like that you're just so special? Mm-hmm. They are some of those people. They go to our church and they're missionaries to um, Latin America. And they do a lot of incredible things. Yeah. Uh, we want you to go and read for yourself what yeah. they do, but we highly recommend um, if you're looking for a place to uh, give your money where you know it's going to be making an impact and being used through incredible people, yeah. uh, this would be a great nonprofit to go and even just drop a couple bucks and yeah. uh, let them know that we sent you and yeah. we love them. Godsaidgo.org. Go there mm-hmm. right now, give them a few bucks, read about their story, then come back, finish this episode. So we're going to wrap up with our third question today. And uh, th- this is a really interesting question. And um, it's, how does someone get started with growing their marriage? How did you get started with your marriage and grow it to the point where you felt like you wanted to teach others, where you wanted to help others? So yeah. kind of two-part question. Um, number one, the way you get started is you got to shift your perspective on what your marriage is and what it takes to make your marriage great, okay, to make your marriage great again. Um, <laughs> you got to make it a project. If your marriage is just a hope and dream, that's where it'll always stay. Like anything, that uh, hope is not enough, okay? It requires action. It requires making it a project. People are gonna live a really, really average, bleak life unless they get really proactive about channeling God's goodness through their life yeah. and giving that to the world. Yeah. Like that, statistically, that's where most people end up. They're, they're not gonna have some big, crazy, adventurous, epic life unless they make it a project and go, here's what I want. I'm going to reverse engineer how to get there. And then I'm going to get really, really, really busy on yeah. accomplishing that. Mm-hmm. And so you got to make your marriage a project. You can't just hope. You got to go, here's what we want mm-hmm. to look like. And here's the time frame in which we want to start experiencing that. Mm-hmm. And we're going to build that together. Um, yeah. And so there's a thought here that like a, a quote that I want you guys to remember is in life, you don't necessarily always get what you deserve. You get what you're committed to. And your projects are typically where your commitments are. Okay, I think everyone deserves love. I think everyone deserves love and and grace and connection and all those things. You're not necessarily gonna get that just because you deserve it. You're gonna Mm -hmm. get it if you're committed to it. Okay, you're gonna get a great marriage if you're fully committed to building a great marriage. Mm -hmm. Okay, like you're rehabbing a house. That leads me to the next point is make your marriage a line item in your budget. That's right. Like when you sit down and you're looking at your finances and everything, like like we always say, we'll continue to say it forever, is God, our marriage, our kids, everything else. Yeah. If that is if that speaks to you, that aligns with you, guess what? You're gonna have a budget, a line item for you know, your marriage. It's yeah. your personal relationship with God, then your marriage. So that line item would look like going to retreats, being in our monthly coaching marriage program, investing in courses, you know, like we said, those, uh, you know, date nights, of course, and then weekends away, yeah. uh, babysitting for those date nights, whatever it is, like you are going to be investing in that thing if it really is the top priority to yeah. you. Yeah. Well, and, and, and that's, that's kind of how we got started, you know, in the marriage world. Like, you know, back in the very very beginning of our marriage, even before we got married, you know, like we were seeking out counsel. We were reading books. We were trying to figure out which, I mean, we created what wasn't there, you know, with like yeah. our, our program we did not exist then. Too. <laughs> yeah, and it doesn't exist now. And uh, outside of what we're doing that we know of. And, you know, we wanted to treat our marriage like it was the most important thing to us along with our faith. And because we did that, 
it enabled us to create a really awesome marriage. And so, um, you know, we continue to do that and refuse to believe that there's some ceiling. Like there's no, mm -hmm. you can't come to this place where you're like, yeah, we're so good. We're so solid. We don't need help. You yeah. just have a small vision for your marriage. That's all that means. When someone comes to us and says, no, we're good. We don't need any help. Like we don't need any improvement. Like that just tells me that you just, you, you are not seeing the big picture of what God has for you. Like you, you don't know the depth yet. You don't know the height yet. You don't know the width yet of how great your marriage mm -hmm. can become. And like, to be honest, I think a lot of couples might be saying that out of self-preservation or a, a lack of, you know, feeling. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, maybe like a, a fear of what people will think. So they want to say, we're great. We're good. We love to work with a couple that it makes sense to them. They're like, well, yeah, of course I budget time. Of course I budget money. Of course I budget emotion for my marriage, you know, because that's, mm -hmm. that's how we got started. You know, like we just made yeah. a decision that, you know, um, we didn't want to pay a huge marriage bill someday. We wanted to pay for like marriage insurance. Like we wanted to be proactive. Like even when we were just dating, we were reading books, seeking counsel, like, you know, trying to find a program like the one we have today, which we couldn't even find back then to help us like be in a community with people to grow our marriage. Mm -hmm. And so the, like, you know, the, for us, what we have seen working with tons of couples across the board is the couples that win the most are the most committed to it. And yeah. they're the ones that go like right there in their budget. Like, here's what we're going to spend every month on our marriage. Here's what we're going to spend every month in our calendar. Here's what we're going to spend every month in our energy, our emotion, our commitments. Because there's no place, there's no time really where I believe that a conscious Christian can get to where they're like, oh yeah, my marriage is great. It's good to go. Like, it's solid. Like, I don't ever need any other help, you know? And sure, that, that could come from some insecure place. But also, I think where it comes from is they lack a big vision for their marriage. They just don't know how great it can become. Because mm -hmm. I know I know a lot of couples that might look like they have a really great marriage, but they actually have not tasted real intimacy. They have not tasted deep connection. They haven't tasted what co-creation looks like in marriage. They have not tasted, like they've just gotten used to the level of drama in their marriage. They've gotten used to the level of friction in their marriage. They've gotten used to the disjointedness in their marriage. Like they've just learned to tolerate pain. Mm -hmm. They haven't actually learned to experience the heights. Like, because some of the most common feedback we get from couples that like dip into our world is they're like, wow, I didn't know this existed. Like, I didn't know that we could experience that. Like, I didn't know that we could go up the mountain that much faster together rather yeah. than the slow snail space. Like, I didn't realize that it could be that good. Yeah. And it's because they're literally budgeting uh, time, money, and emotion. And they're building a bigger vision for what their marriage is for. Mm -hmm. Okay. They're realizing that their marriage is going to grow. Um, and then it's going to start multiplying from there. And, you know, so that's kind of how we got started. We just, we just made a decision. Like we just, we just decided one day that like, we're not going to have a mediocre marriage. We're not going to have some weak, lame, uh, marriage where, you know, we just yeah. were roommates forever and then we die. Like God wants to build something big through us. So we said mm -hmm. yes to that. Yeah. And then we got started by saying it's going to be at the forefront of our budget for, because like. You know, what gets budgeted for always gets paid for. Mm -hmm. Time, money, and energy. Okay, what gets budgeted for? Your house payment, your car payment, your insurance, your investments, your groceries, your 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 everything. Whatever whatever mm -hmm. actually goes in the spreadsheet, if you use a, a budget, or even if you don't, the mental spreadsheet, <laughs> that gets paid for. Okay, it yeah. always does. And so if you stick a line item in there called marriage, and we're going to set aside X amount of dollars a month because we want it to be this good. It's like, if you want a Ferrari, you're going to have to pay 5K a month. Okay, if you want a Corolla, which there's nothing wrong with Corollas, you we know, love Corollas. Yeah, we love Corollas. Yeah, <laughs> you might budget 50 bucks a month, okay? But if you want a Ferrari, you got to budget $5,000 a month. If you budget $0 a month, you're going to get no car, 
Okay. And this isn't like some ploy for financing cars versus paying cash. <laughs> we have different methodologies on that with different tax consequences, and that kind of thing. But we're saying for your marriage. Okay. Yeah. If you want to have a marriage that coasts and idles forever, budget nothing. If you want to have a decent marriage, you know, budget enough money to buy a book once a year. You know, if you want to have a super powerful marriage, okay, crank that line item up towards the top of the spreadsheet yeah. where the bigger numbers are. And then watch how the return on that investment pays off oh, like you yeah. never thought possible. Right. Because when you're starting up here, you know, God, mm -hmm. marriage, it trickles down like yeah. God uses our marriage to bless every single aspect of our life. Yeah. You know, it's like if Austin and I aren't like on the same page or connected or, you know, having an off day or something, we cannot serve our kids the same. You know, we mm -hmm. cannot show up at church and lead the same. Like we have unapologetic, like, no, we're always going to be good. We're always going to take care of us. Mm -hmm. And that's the top priority because if it's not, everything else suffers. Yeah. And, but when it's going great, everything else goes great. Yep. So it's like, this is the answer actually to all the questions. Yeah. To the first one, which is, you know, how do we do it all? Mm -hmm. It's, it is, it's focusing on our marriage, a God first and then our marriage. And because through that, yeah. everything is blessed. I've seen more people build wealth because their marriage was their top priority. Yes. I've seen more people build healthier bodies, healthier physiques, healthier lives because their marriage was a priority. I've seen more people have incredible kids and parenting uh, kid relationships because they made their marriage a priority. Yeah. I've seen so many people build better careers, better friendships, better everything because they focus on their marriage and they focus on their marriage because they know that they're being obedient to God by doing so. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so when we align to that, okay, just to kind of capstone this whole thing, when we, we align to what Rachel just said, which is because of our faith in God, because of our, 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 our duty and our obedience to God, to Yahweh, we will focus on our marriage. We'll unapologetically focus and prioritize our marriage. And because of that, God honors us in return. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and then every other area of life makes sense. But if you try to go the other way, try to build some great career, get the nice house, nice cars, have the Instagram looking life, blah, blah, blah. Um, it doesn't work in that order. Okay. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't. Like I, I've really never seen anyone pull it off that has stayed rooted and grounded to their faith and to their marriage that, yeah. that way. And I'm not saying you can't have it all because you can have it all. Okay. Because mm -hmm. we do have it all. Okay. And I, I thank God for that every day. But we have what we have because we started with God and then we let that filter down into our marriage, and then we let that filter mm -hmm. down into everything else. And you just have to try it to see. You yeah. just have to see it play out sometimes to get it, but that's the way it works. And I think that's why when couples begin to work with us, they're like, whoa, I didn't realize it could be like this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, well, the whole time, it's because your marriage wasn't where it needed to be. Mm -hmm. So then everything else, it had friction. It didn't have flow. It had frustration. Yeah. Okay. It was strained because your marriage was strained. Yeah. Okay. So, well, and marriage is two people, two individuals, and it's God's way of helping us heal. Yeah, so we heal right. each other as we heal, uh, as we love each other and uh, grow in our marriage, we're actually personally growing. It's personal yeah, growth. Right. It's personal development when you focus on your marriage yep. and everything flows through us, Yep. right? It's God, us out to the world. And so it's incredible watching people, like you said, like have everything and then be so broken and frustrated mm -hmm. with the results or the lack of results and then come to us and be like, oh my word, I didn't realize yeah. this was the missing thing. And then watching it just grow and blossom and flourish yeah. from there. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah. Well, um, that kind of wraps us up for today. Uh, we hope you guys found some value in us answering these three questions. We'd love some of your feedback, comments, thoughts, suggestions. Uh, leave them below this video. Feel free to reach out to us. Uh, but uh, thank you for joining us today. We'll look forward to seeing you for our next episode. And uh, God bless you guys and we'll talk soon.